Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the trying to grow his hair into a surfer length hair, Morgan. Hello. It seems to be my obsession. You're obsessed with my (laughs) flowing curly locks, Will. I'm getting worried about you. They're nice. I donate you some if you like. I might might cut it. You're also very self-deprecating about your looks, but yet... You're incredibly photogenic. When I look at those photos of us in the pod, I'm like, the fuck is he on about? I just look like a... Do you know he's got two lookalikes? Do you want to share them with you? Yeah, go it's on. It's the first time on the podcast that I've done this. Either a very tired, if you can be a tired, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> tired. I fucking love that. <laughs> He's tired like, like he's had a few late nights and a few well, too and many he, beers. And, and, and Deshire likes a few late nights and a few too many oh, beers. Okay. Uh, well, there is a clip of him sort of uh, indulging in quite a lot of excess. To those who can't remember Charlotte, but he was the Transformers yeah. movie guy yeah. from the Megan Fox one when she was yeah. looking. Only two, conf- very, only, very, only very two people I've ever been confused for. One in China was with somebody saying, and I'm not going to do an accent here because we get in trouble for that after the mind, mindless surfer, <laughs> Dave, anyway. Oh, but, hey, no, try your Chinese accent. That's no, fine. Um, you know, come on, give it a go. Hello, you look like man who drive Bumblebee. <laughs> Sorry, that's a northern accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that's the worst Chinese accent. I, I was mean, deliberate, shit it was deliberately bad because I'm, I'm allowed to poke fun at northerners. Then I was on a beach in India, in Kerala. This is when I was younger and I was wearing a, a yellow t-shirt and a cap and these kids came running over well that's all you wore like all the time and nothing else on which was dangerous okay. uh these kids came running over and shouting and pointing and i thought oh, oh dear you know what, what's happened uh mr ricky ponting you look oh like so i was uh yeah. confused also for ricky ponting on the beach once in in my uh, early 30s perhaps so there you go there's two and here's another ob- <laughs> obscure one well I'm, I'm rolling with it just keep going musical in a minute keep going. Uh, john legend Mm. I've got the same two chubby cheeks. Actually, that's true. That is that is true. That you do a bit of John Legend. It, there's a lot going on there, dude. I I had um, way back in the day. My brothers say I look like Kelly Slater, and that was a huge compliment. <laughs> huge compliment. I mean, he, he's the king, uh, and dated Pammy. He's bald as well back in the day, but he <laughs> went bald, and I kept my hair. So uh, hopefully, the hair continues. Um, but. Listen, mate, you're very photogenic. And the thing is, is that um, I do make comments about your hair, but it's looking kind of cool in the surf now. We were surfing this morning and, you know, it's kind of, it t- sort of dangles like curtains down across your face, like in a way. So yeah. you've got rid of your man bun. It's looking cool, mate. Do you know what I was finding as a measure of how good the surf was when I was ha- when I had a man bun? We might get sponsored by like, I don't know, John Frieda or Vidal Sassoon if we keep talking mm-hmm. about hair. <laughs> <laughs> is there the is there the Tony same equivalent guy? for pubes? Because we did discuss we pubes, pubes. I don't know if they've got one. But, but my measure, I bet of, there is. My, my measure of how how good the surf was was often how soon it was before I lost the uh, the man bun because the thing mm. that was holding it the the, the elastic band the mm. hair tie what let's mm. call it mm. and it was tied quite tight holding my curly mop up. Mm-hmm. The better the surf, the quicker it would come out. Ah, uh, now listen, dude. I've got to I've got to call you out. I've got to call you out. I am very, very woke, you see. What about those hair ties in the sea? What about the poor little crabs? Just have a think about they're, they're, that. You, you know you can buy eco uh, hair ties. That's why I stopped wearing Oh, can them. you? Yeah, you, you, you can buy Very eco. nice. Uh, on that front, dude. I've on- stopped, I, if, if you noticed, if anybody's listening, and I do uh, support the surfers against sewage movement. Of uh, course. Financially, too. That's why I, I also stopped wearing Because, yeah, I lost, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, well, I am. I am really taking the piss because for me, the woke thing. We've discussed this yeah. a ton of times, and um, I want to be the podcast that 
points, not points fingers, but just kind of just talks about the lunacy, the the craziness of the cancel culture. And I think it pervades into surfing. Like, like why, why wouldn't it? I mean, you know, say the wrong thing and use the wrong word and suddenly you've offended someone mm. and offended them to the point where they can then, then seriously disrupt your life yeah. and your career because you've said something. Now, what was the one with um, JK Rowling? Do you remember that one? We discussed this. I don't know if I can remember that one. Uh, I know kind of vaguely, but I don't, I haven't read enough about it because I tend to sort of, honestly, I'm trying not to read any of the sort of, what's the right word for it? The news that creates conflict. Mm -hmm. So I know it was something to do with trans identities and, and issues. You're but trying I, to use your words really But I can't, I can't right remember now. what, I actually honestly on this occasion can't remember what was said I know, or but, why it was said but uh, because this... there's so much kind of noise about it that, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know honestly what was said or who to and when and it becomes a bit like squabbling in the playground eventually. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because I'm, I'm really naive because we have the recording of the show. No one sees it on YouTube but Liam does this kind of cutthroat thing to me when I say the wrong word sometimes because I do, I come out with these just quite a lot. Which of, of which there's quite a lot. But I'm not meaning to offend anybody. I think the thing is that the, what the world has lost, it feels to me, is intention and just tone and body language and context and all. It's all the nuances disappeared. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Nuance is everything. So where's that gone? And I don't know why it's gone. I mean, I'm getting my high horse right now. I'll bring um, it back in a minute, but I, I agree with you. Bring me back. Nuance for me, we talk about it a lot, is the bit in the middle where different opinions and mm -hmm. different sort of view, points of view come together. And guess what? Sometimes they can come together in a way that is constructive and doesn't mean that you simply don't listen because mm -hmm. it's not your point of view. On both sides of any fence, I don't, whatever argument or debate you're having, is to bring back a little bit of that civilized discourse as well. And, you know, it is possible, maybe the mindful journey is, this, is also possible to have connections with people who you might disagree with imagine that mm. imagine if you could do that because mm. it seems like that's not the case these days that you totally you have to be in one camp or another and like we've said before and we talked to tom about it the big dividing line is you've got knobheads and they come in every shape size and creed and color and you've got nice people and they mm. do too and mm. so sometimes that's the line that intersects everything so true i think that there was one i wanted to bring up it relates to surfing and this woke aspect, cancel culture, etc. Um, it was a body glove advert of a man on one page. He was doing a turn, something, something. And the next page, it was this beautiful model. So the female equivalent of the ad was of, of a lady just walking down the beach with a great bum. And the male equivalent was of this guy doing this really athletic thing. And there was, uh, I'm saying uproar, because I didn't research it enough, but I heard there was a bit of a, an uproar within the um, female surfer community. And, and on, on one level, I can massively understand it because... Why shouldn't there be a female doing a wonderful thing athletically? Because they can. And can't that be a great ad to up-and-coming young female surfers and to, to inspire them and all those good things? Now, I completely and utterly agree. The thing that I don't agree with is the cancel aspect of body glove per se. Because if you are of one is the CEO of that company, they're doing what they're doing to put out their product to make a profit. Now, listen, if you want to get into the nuance of that, whether that's right or wrong, well, listen, that's a whole different thing. But he or she is thinking about, we put out this product, and when we put out that ad, we get more clicks than when we put out that ad. The intention 
from that person making that ad. Now, listen, if we find out later down the line that the intention was actually to exploit females, let's say in this example, well, then maybe that's a very, very different thing. But if you actually sat down that person and asked them, what was your intention? Well, the intention was to make profit, which we completely understand. Anyone in business would understand that. If it was that, let's just let that be in that way without having to come in with extreme. It's this kind of extreme reaction to things. I think reacting mindfully is to be able to go, actually, you know, it would be cool to see uh, Body Glove, by the way, a few more of these kinds of ads. That's, that's, that'd be nice. I can also see where you're coming from too. That's a mindful way of looking at it because it's looking at both sides rather than just this one side. I think that's where things have kind of gone a bit weird. Well, yeah, I agree with the uh, sentiment of why they, yeah, you shouldn't just have Body Beautiful versus Ripper mm-hmm. because frankly, uh, I'm speaking from the heart here, is I find surfers inspirational. Surfers. Now, that could be uh, Kelly, it could be Stephanie Gilmore, it could be somebody surfing at our local beach, regardless of gender. And, you know, people who will have been on the receiving end of uh, sexism in, in the surf industry and uh, gender bias and all of that stuff, we're not devaluing it. I kind of, I definitely don't draw the line between who I find inspirational in the surf, mm. man or woman. It's just look, it's a great carving line and it's beautifully executed waves. It could be anybody riding that. And I've always felt for that the kind of enjoyability of watching surf and watching surfers, men and women, are way better than I'll ever be, is just inspirational full stop. So I, I see the principle of the argument of to why mm. that's but you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's who are we to judge where that comes from? And the reaction, the ferocity of of reactions mm. on certain things undermines the reaction when that ferocity is required, whatever that is. So by saying something is always the most extreme. Oh, oh my God, how fucking ridiculous is this fucking thing? <laughs> if you say that all the time, then at the time it's serious and we all need to stand up and sort the shit out, nobody's listening. And that for me annoys, that's the bit that annoys me about cancel culture, if I can make that point. Where I said 10 words, you said one. You know, you, you put it into very, very, very well, very succinct, my yeah, friend. Yeah. And thank, I thank love you. it when you swear. It's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. Sorry, mum. Sorry, mum. We've just just discussed this a lot, and I think it's um, I think true mindfulness is is being able to see the whole, yeah, and seeing both sides, yeah, and and remain mindful and, and calm in what we do. And listen, dude, let's talk about how much we've surfed again. Because the thing is, I've got real issues here. I've got real issues, right? Now I've got a lot of issues, but one issue I have, I think, is a sort of growing surf addiction. Now I've been practicing mindfulness meditation for a number of years, and I'm very aware of myself. And therefore, I'm very aware that it's like it's it's bordering on unhealthy because I surfed 30 times, maybe in 27 or 28 days. And um, my body was fatigued in a number of those and getting little symptoms of like, fuck, man, you should slow down. And I didn't. I kind of ignored them. And it's it's weird because it's not something I would have done back in the day. And it's a work on for me because I was like, it's possibly, it's the pull of the social. What I found is being in this town, very, very small surf community that we have, because most surfs, if not all, every surf is a social surf and it's like going to the pub. It's maybe that that I've got hooked on because I know I can let go of of a session. If I've surfed a a ton and I'm surfed out, I'd normally listen to my body. But at the moment, it just seems like I just want to go in there to get that, that human connection. 
So I think that that's where my addiction's kind of coming in because I definitely, hand on heart, I've not walked my talk in terms of being mindful of my body. I mean, times where it's not been recovered and it has been tired and I've been getting like little flu symptoms from overtraining. Mm. It's very easy to overtrain. It's, mm. it's very easy to overdo it. Even if you're on land and not near the ocean all the time, it's very easy to overdo the, the cycling, the running, the weightlifting, the, even yoga. I mean, the body needs <laughs> needs to just be be still <laughs> at times yeah. and recover. But that's where I'm being a little bit kind of myself, but as well being like, well, yeah, I need to work on this a little bit. So it's kind of something that's interesting. It's humbled me a little bit, surprised me. To complain about surf on a surfing podcast is it's an interesting one, isn't it? Fuck, man. Because uh, we are walking that line. I, I got the same. I, I did have a window of break because a uh, combination of work, intensity, uh, which is sort of net, is relentless this last few weeks. And then I'm also um, taking one of the kids mountain biking at the weekends even though I haven't got a mountain bike. So that's another extreme sport but for another show as nice. you're trying to go down a hill with uh, sort of road tires on a, <laughs> uh, not fully road tires, but you know, sort of hybrid commuter bike thing. What I found from a body perspective, linking it back to that is actually to get out of the sea and get on a bike, which I haven't done. I've started doing it every weekend now just to kind of keep the energy levels up in the kids has been quite interesting because where I was getting tired of paddle, my body re responded well to actually pedaling, you know, because it's a different muscle set and I'm using my legs more. So mixing that up for me has been really, really interesting. It's really good, dude. Yeah. Do you find that doing the legwork on the bike helps the surfing? Yeah. I mean, you and I and the boys are doing some leg, leg work anyway in the gym. Yes. In the training. So that's helping, as we've said in the last few episodes. So they're kind of functional lunges. I was very glute weak and quad heavy. And working on the glute uh, and that posterior chain, is that the right word? Back, bum, hamstrings, mm -hmm. stretching the hamstrings sufficiently as well, is helping me positioning on the board. I'm really noticing you did a turn yesterday, frontside cutback, and real good half of your board was just yeah. out of the water coming back. And uh, it's really paying off, dude. I think so much of what we talk about on this show is the kind of the hacking yeah. of this body aspect that can help you surfing. And we could talk about the details of what exercises to do and, and when to do them, how to recover and the stretching aspects and glutes and core and da, 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 da. But that's really by the by. When you really think about it, it's the psychological aspect. And then the psychological aspect is how can you create a regularity and consistency of mobility, massage, taking care of your posture, your lunges, your functional movements, and all the stuff you know that needs, needs doing that is hard work. How can you cement that and nail that down? And I think if, the, the first one that comes to mind for me is group stuff. I think group classes makes a massive... I'm sure you can testify to that coming into the huge, group and things. Yeah. And then, you know, also there's another side to that. So I would say groups is, is huge. Try and find a group that, that are doing these kind of things. But also there's another side of it, which, which is be kind to yourself if you don't do it. Like, it's cool. If you don't do it and your knee's tight and your, your back's sore and you, and you know you need to sort it and you're not sorting it, then just it's okay. The habit of not doing is a very powerful habit. And I think we're really, we're sometimes far too hard on ourselves for the habits that we're not forming. Now, listen, obviously, it is going to help you if you get some kind of stretching routine going daily, ideally, and yoga and, and core work and movement patterns through your squats, your lunges, you know, pull-ups, press-ups, and, and, and getting it all going, working really, really well. It's going to do you world of good. It's going to mean things like you can probably surf into your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Think of the motivation of that. It's just a, such a fucking cool thing. And everything has a shadow. And there's the not doing of things. I think one thing on that I want to say is that uh, for me personally, what I've found in people is there sometimes needs to be enough pain to actually get up and go. It's like sitting on a 
sitting on a wasp, you know, you fucking get off that chair because <laughs> it hurts. So if there's no real significant pain in your body, then yeah, really give yourself a break. Because actually the idea of really nailing down those routines, sometimes it's, it's just a bit too much when life is, is busy and you've got kids to look after and work to do. And it's just another thing on the list. There is a maintenance aspect, though, that I would, from personal, for me, is that I have ebbed and flow into intensity of exercise over the years and then drift out of it. And it's a famous old quote, isn't it, that you don't really appreciate your health until it's gone. And sometimes the bits that you're doing to maintain it prevent that creeping ache, pain or otherwise. And it's in movement and exercise and not overdoing it, by the way, that's aided some of the repair that I've had to go through from everything from particularly the back but you know every bit that's ever kind of gone wrong the more we're doing now the stronger we get the less those things hurt they're always there it's always a sort of like you say shadow that sort of sits there but it's how well you deal with it mm. and uh, as you get older and as I, we have previously discussed if you've had sort of interesting life or you've played sports or you've done things with your body most people are going to have something that as you age starts to niggle hurt or otherwise it's very good insight dude. yeah I just want to mention one more thing before we move on, which is about the kindness thing. All good habits that you formed in your life and maybe will go on to form have come from a decision, a decision to do something new. And that new thing is novel and sometimes hard. And there's a lot of mind activity to distract you from like, let's stop this now. Because what we do, and you and I have discussed this before on the show, is we go, right, I'm going to do an hour. I'm going to do half an hour. I'm going to do this certain allotted amount of time. And the amazing thing about the mind is it gets overwhelmed very, very, very quickly when it thinks about how far it's got to go to be able to achieve something, right? So fasting is a good example. A lot of people get overwhelmed by fasting because in their head, they're thinking about not eating until 6 p.m. in the evening, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, whatever. And because they're thinking about it, they're creating overwhelm, but from within the mind. Whereas actually, if you just take a deep breath, Notice that you're doing that. Bring it back to the present moment. You realize that there's only now. And you go, am I okay now? Doing this stretching routine? Yes, it's quite nice. Stretching? Mm, okay, maybe I'll do another one. And I think starting with as little as one hamstring stretch just each day is just that little seed of presence. It's really presence you're trying to build. Good habits are really built on that kind of... But the reason why I go back to the kindness there is because the kindness is that non-forcing the non-doing. And if you go to the non-forcing, non-doing, you're now, by being kind to yourself, you're becoming present. So it's a, it's a massive paradox that those people who aren't present are the like kinds of people who don't form habits because their brain isn't present. It's in the future. And if it's in the future, it gets overwhelmed by the idea of an hour's yoga. Whereas the act of kindness itself just helps everything that you were trying to force yourself to do to just drop away. And then when the forcing drops away, you go, okay, kind of being kind to myself here. Maybe I'll yeah, just do a stretch. And a stretch can lead to another one. And maybe it doesn't. You can see there where that little C can... I mean, it's a cliche now, isn't it? But the longest journeys start with the smallest steps. Very much so. And in that, I think just one thing relating to surfing improvement, progression, practice, which we're always talking about, is that you can get overwhelmed. And I see this a lot in kids, in my kids sometimes, other people and adults as well, who will say, it's too hard, I can't do it, rubbish at that. But everybody's rubbish at it to start with. Even the pros, right? Can't say that enough. So it's only in doing the little bits to start the journey to get to the place that you want to be to next, to open the door to the next room of progression, that you're ever going to get to be 
well, let's just be good enough to start with and then let's improve from there and on and on and on and on. And it's those incremental gains that go a long way. And even when you get to wherever you think you're getting, you're not finished the journey, as we said uh, in, in the show uh, with Jacob. That's just another part of the, okay, I'm now in the next room. And relentless practice and trying new things and a curiosity to have a go at stuff is where it's at. Dude, I absolutely love that. Yeah. It just, it's, it's so, so humbling. There's a, there's a lovely, lovely quote. Just, I'll finish on this before we go on to the mindful surfer. That just because the kitchen, this is a Zen quote, just because the kitchen has been cleaned the night before doesn't mean it won't be dusty the next morning. I find it incredibly humbling how tight I am, how active my mind is, how sort of pent up and, oh my God, where did all yesterday's good work go? In the morning I can be. I, I'm humbled by it. My <laughs> mind is, thousand miles an hour and I'm like god I thought I I thought I sorted out my hips yesterday clearly I haven't and before you know it you're doing the work which is just clean the kitchen again just turn up again and be present and, the, and it really is that present bit because like you said that first step is the step and it's the only step because it's just a journey that's it yeah a great philosopher's corner today. oh I, I we do. went from from pubes to woke to fitness I know isn't that joyous <sighs> Do you know, I'm a bit upset that I didn't get to speak about Bruce Springsteen, but I'll come on to him either well, later. Can you save him, save him. I'll, I'll come on to him later or either, even in another show. Br- Br- Bruce's pubes or? No, no, no. Something I else. I dare talk about Bruce. Mm. Oh, I'm sure they're magnificent. I expect he's got a fantastically well-trimmed. I, lo- I, I mean, I, I don't know if you know uh, how much I love, I love Bruce Springsteen. And I think he is a mindful surfer without surfing. But maybe I'll save that for another show. Maybe I'll bring it back at the end. There you go. Let's Te- go. Let's tease people. Tease, tease people. A little teaser. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. We're going to do The Mindful Surfer. Just a little moment just to, to deep breathe, raise your awareness and uh, reconnect to the present moment. So let's take a deep breath in through the nose. And breathe out. And deep breath in. And breathe out. Let's do the four eight. So we're going to breathe in for four seconds. And now breathe out for eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. And Let's do two more of those. So breathe in for four. One, two, three, four. And then breathe out for eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then final one. Take a deep breath in through your nose for one, two, three, four. Hold your breath. Notice what you can notice. And then breathe out. Well done. Well done. Really good. Talking of overwhelm, quickest route back to calm is deep breathing. We all forget to do it throughout the day. Yeah. We breathe shallow. And when you breathe shallow, you're probably in, whether it's a severe fight or flight state or just mild, it is all still sort of the sort of underlying, dare we call it stress. Because that word gets kind of thrown around. It's just it's just the body's going, 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 going. It's, 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 it's working, it's working, it's mm. moving, it's, it's thinking. It's And so when you, when you deep breathe, it, it gives the body basically a bit of rest. 
but it's called active rest because you're still in the day, still awake, doing what you're doing. And that restful feeling is like, oh God, I didn't. Sometimes I, when I take deep breaths, I don't realize just how fast, 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 go, go, go. I'm, I'm doing shit, like trying to get fit in so much stuff and thinking of things to do and the to-do lists and the, organizing all the ducks in a row and spinning plates. And but we discussed this before. This is where surfing is so cool, isn't yeah. it? Because it just, you just let go. It's exactly that, again, just to sort of follow on from last week as well, is that you have this idea that as soon as you're in a moment where that's all you can do because you're actually your body takes over, your instinct, your muscle memory, your, your, your deep connection with what you need to do takes over, your body does what it needs to do. And it's that perceived threat, isn't it, of chores, stress, work, bank balance, but, 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 whatever, relationships, getting upset at a social media post. <laughs> Hmm? As we say earlier on, whatever, whatever, whatever rattles your cage and how it rattles. And that comes all the way back to, you know, ask yourself whether it's worth getting upset about. Will it matter? Does it matter? And take the breath. And then suddenly you're kind of, you're talking yourself down, aren't you really with the breath? I forget to do it, but I try as where possible to reconnect and sort of bring the breath work back in, especially in the evening. If you, if you do wake up, if anybody sort of has worries or stress or things going on, if you wake up and that's kind of, that's when you're, shit, you know, what's going on is just to kind of notice what it is, recenter, and get the breathing going again. Deep, mm. those deep breathing, like the exercise you just run there, Will. And then suddenly you kind of, it does work you back into that state of a bit more relaxation and on you go from there. It's really, really powerful. I fall asleep nowadays in, I don't know how many seconds. Mm. It could be under a minute sometimes. Yeah. It mostly is. If it, that has happened more and more from two things. One, magnesium. Mm which we discussed before, right. to uh, mindful breathing. So focusing on the breath just has this remarkably calming effect. And then if the room's dark, then off you go. Yeah. It takes a bit of work. I mean, we're going to come on to this now anyway. So let's do this yeah. now. We're going to come on to mind, body, and stoke. Things Liam and I have been doing in our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. Yeah. And before the show, we discussed this. And um, you have been doing mindfulness work. Yes. Basically. So, uh, and regular listeners uh, will know this, that I... Like a lot of surfers, actually, but this was less heroic. As I say, it could not have been a surf incident. But I fractured two bones in my back. And for the first period of that happening, I didn't know I'd done it. And then the injuries start to creep in as you get as, as that injury impacts the aging body. And I don't know what it was now. A couple of years ago, I was getting intense, very deep, chronic sciatic pain. I'd never felt that kind of ongoing pain before, that kind of relentless never leaves you really. It's always there. And it was, it was prolonged. So, you know, you start researching, saying how long does sciatic work? So on and so forth. Went to the, the docs, went to a physio, physio to scan, scan to surgeon, blah, blah. You know, you're kind of in that period. I knew that I'd done it before. So I'd, I'd had the scan previous years before where the first injury had happened. There was some degeneration of discs in there, if anybody's interested in it. And, and a kind of early onset of facet joint arthritis because I hadn't done anything about it. I didn't know I'd done this. I had this injury. So I was still playing sport at the time. And it was impacting a little bit on surfing. Oh, I pushed through and surfed anyway, because that helped weirdly. But I was in nowhere as fit as I am, I am now because I'd sort of the pain had started to stop me doing certain things. So went from uh, suggested surgery to thinking, I don't want to do that. As I, we talked with Priscilla about because she's had a similar in injury and has opted to, to not go down the surgical route either. Didn't want to do the surgery. Had seen a physio who's very good. And top, like, these guys are working with top, top sports people. And then I was introduced to somebody who was a bit more around rehabilitation plus holistic therapy as well. Being in meditation, really, and a mind body work alongside the physical movement, massage patterns, uh, and energy, joint, joint, energy, and energy. 
that was the best thing I'd ever done because she's called Gemma and I'll put, again, put another link in the show. If people are local, they can sort of, you know, please feel free to get in touch. And if, you know, she went wonders for my injuries, but also then started to bring in once you're comfortable with some of the mind work as well or meditation work. And that then helped me connect the dots between the physical, the injuries that are physically, that are there as a structural injury, but also then how you can through movement and physical therapy, but also mind therapy, start to overcome the pain and the start to make the long-term moves towards being freer and freer of that discomfort day by day, like those little steps. It's always there. You know, you kind of, it's never something that escaped, you know, you've always got a little something there, but it is a time of speaking. It's, it's, it's so, it's so much freer than it was two years ago, even a year ago. It's just day by day. There's some, there are some improvements there. But then bringing in those more meditative bits to it, there are a few moments that sort of during the treatment where you achieve, certainly for me, with a very busy mind and then considering the pain and then thinking about all the things outside of that. You used to very much have physio and that sort of sorted out the joint problem or the movement problem. But the two didn't seem to be connected. Whereas once you connect them and you use mindfulness techniques or med- let's call it meditation as well, you can almost, and this is, you know, our, our listeners like a bit of Liam and Will's woo-woo stuff. You're feeling, I mean, you've been practicing mindfulness for, for longer than I have. The feeling that you are no longer actually in that physical form, even if it's for a minute second, is a real kind of... Mm. It really takes you out of that mind body and enters into some realm of, let's keep the surfing theme going, this sort of seek, this stoke, if you like, that exists to, mm. you're just not, you're not anywhere. You're, you're not in a place in time. Well, you're not in a place. You're not in time. You're not in your body. And, you know, it's a feeling, a bit like surfing, that if you could keep hold of that, if you could actually bottle it, screw a lid on it and say, right, when you have, if you're feeling that you need to just disconnect, here you go. That's what it is for me. If that explains it well enough. That's beautiful, dude. I love that. I think the um, the really interesting thing is when you practice mindfulness and meditation specifically is eventually after enough time bringing your mind back from being distracted by thoughts, because of course it's just relentless. They're always going to be there. Uh, liken the mind to like a, a drunk monkey just going all over the place. So Meditation as a sort of, as a practice is not trying to stop thoughts, but merely notice them first, notice that you're having them. And then in doing so, connect to that, it's what we call a sentient being. It's that you are far more than your body and your thoughts and your quote unquote life and your house and your car and your this, you're a being. And trying to explain that to someone who hasn't awakened to their mind as into the, the the true part of their mind, the observer in them is um, just like whacking your head against a brick wall. Yeah, it's, it's it's pointless. So, like Eckhart Tolle, who I absolutely adore, and I highly recommend his book, A New Earth. I just think to anyone who wants to read a phenomenal, phenomenal, life changing book, or The Power of Now. They're two very, very famous books. But he talks about this thing where a spiritual teacher or mindfulness teacher can be only like a midwife. Yes, simply there assisting in the process but the but the mother has to push and 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 the person themselves has to wake up to their mind and, and listen we both know people just on based on their vibe who are awake let's say in the surf even that we've got to know and and those who are less so is there any judgment in that hell no and in my mind it would be a funny irony to judge upon someone for their lack of awakening because i'm so awakened 
And I've done that. Oh. A fucking load. And I, what have I... What and I, it's so what it, fucking silly. Would a younger version of me laughed at the older version of me? Yeah. And taken the piss. Probably not maliciously, but, I've, you know... And so there are still, you know, everybody's entitled to their view, opinion or otherwise. But um, it's a bit like only a surfer knows the feeling that billabong is once you've just had a little glimpse of it for me. That's what's kept me going on it. And, uh, you know, it's part of this whole podcast, isn't it? Mindfulness and surfing and that sort of intertwining of that, you know, we can have all the light stuff, but there's a bit of a deep spiritual stuff that goes alongside it that you just get little glimpses now and again of Mm. and it's addictive. It's really cool. But bringing it back to sort of the, the, the practical, helpful elements of how can meditation help your life, um, we can discuss in a moment. But the way to, to the way I would describe it when it comes to sort of guided meditation or or let's say if someone plays music to get a meditative effect yep. or goes surfing, for example, because we are a surfer, to get a meditative effect, anything that raises presence, makes you feel more present, is I liken the activities of mindfulness to be versus um, pure sitting still, to be like the analogy of, of going to the gym and doing the chest press machine, the leg curl machine, the leg press machine, the bicep curl machine, it's all the machine weights, okay? When you step off those and you, and you go on to free weights, all your little stabilizing muscles have to work and you've got to use your own posture and your, your core and your movement patterns and all these extra little elements have to, to work and come to life in order for you to better succeed doing that. And so it's more difficult. So the benefit is, is greater because it's nothing ventured, nothing gained. Nothing, you know, it's that formula. Um, it's the same with meditation that I have found. So I've been teaching it for a number of years now and I do, I do a course. You can become qualified in my qualification in mindfulness meditation. And when you come from and do guided meditations or you do, like I said, you play music or you even read to be more mindful or whatever it might be, they're all wonderful, wonderful, wonderful activities. Except what I have found, what this is just me, but that when someone steps into the complete sitting just with the mind is it is a step up and it is hard to do. And we fidget and thoughts are distracting and we lose track of, are we thinking? Are we not thinking? Was I noticing my thoughts then or was I completely asleep? To them? And it's all part of the practice. It's all part of the journey. But what you develop, so the, the useful elements of that, and as this, you know, the, like the why, the why sit just with your mind? Well, Really, it's getting to know your ego and the separate self and the thinking mind, not the observing part of your consciousness, but the thinking mind. And in doing so, in getting to know it, you start to notice more and more and more of how insane that bit of you is. And in doing so, you notice that because it's insane, it's illusionary. And because it's illusionary... It passes. And so it's this thing where, you know, the, the Dalai Lama puts it quite nicely. Meditation hasn't made me happier or healthier, although it has. This is his quote. But what it has done is remove anxiety, self-doubt, fear, depression. It's, and, and so what it's doing is, is, is by observing the illusionary aspect of, of how thoughts um, trick us into believing that they're true. That's that's really the root of kind of the mental health issues is, is actually there's the the thought, and believing it to be true. Yeah. And when we can unravel that and notice that and let that pass in a practice, once a day, twice a day, ideally, it's remarkable how much bullshit we remove from our lives. It's really an amazing thing. Mm, no, I, I, I would say, well, I'm on an early path of this in a way, that it, it definitely does do those things from the point of view for me that there are real emotions, obviously, grief, 
you know, happiness, anxiety, ups and the ups and downs of life. Of course. Part of being human. Just because you're, you might have a, a big wave surfer or a warrior, they feel fear. And if they didn't feel fear, they wouldn't be human. And part of having those feelings is to be human. And that's what makes it wonderful. And it's always what makes it sometimes frustrating. And it also is what makes it sad or whatever it might be. And that's that real that's fear. That's the real fear. Mindfulness, meditation, practice, whatever you want to call it. But even my back doors into it. So music, I'm a, I love doing, surf is the biggest way of sort of, you know, using that chest press machine and that that works for me to an extent but what what it all does is it helps me identify the real from the perceived and it's often the perceived stuff or your mind that's telling you that something you need to react or feel a certain way and often that's being connected to ego status labels all the stuff we talk about and once you're in that place it's a very very difficult hole to dig yourself out of unless you're able to sit and disconnect beautifully put mate Absolutely love that. I want to raise a little bit of an insight here. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it, baby. Raise it. Raise it, baby. It's to do with sleep. Now, my, my body hack relating to my mind, relating to sleep, and it's this thing where being a surfer, we love surf media. I don't need to be the... I, I, listen, I'm just going to guess. You're listening to this show. You probably like surf media because you're listening to the show. I bloody hate surfing and I hate mindfulness, <laughs> but I love the show. But I love the show. <laughs> And it's, 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 it's our favorite vloggers. It's Instagram. It's, it's, uh, podcasts. It, it keeps us, it keeps us stoke alive, right? And I'll be the first to admit that I can get addicted to that very, very quickly and very easily. And it's the, I have this thing and I've discussed it, I think in early episodes. It's YouTube in the evening when maybe I'm going through a, like a mini surf drought. Dare I say surf drought is anything like, you know, two or three days. Yeah. But even if it's not that, it's, it's maybe a drought of, of exceptional waves, at least in my view. Here's something. Mm. And I start to watch more and more footage of surfing. In some ways, the more I am wanting to surf those waves. And on a little scale, I think that's really healthy. And it's really, really cool. Because it's that, it's that, oh, yeah. God, I really want to travel again. Because I, I haven't traveled for years. And, I, mm. and it's a huge goal of, of mine as a surfer is to go back to the tropics and go back to certain parts of Europe and surf. Pumping waves. Because we don't have pumping waves, really, at all, on a world scale, in, in that sense. Where it starts to slip is I start to, I, I, I go into a, like a zombie-like state. And it's only when I come out of that, I go, God, I was really just clickbaiting. Next one, next one. And I can end up watching a certain amount of YouTube surfing stuff in the evening that takes me into sort of like the 10 p.m., 10.50. And then I'm like, whoa, it's time for bed. Quick. Right. Just, oh my God. Because I'm like, I'm getting up early in the morning. Yeah. I'm going to get eight hours, nine hours. And it's been a real work on for me. And this, in the last two weeks, I've done this thing where when my wife and I finished our show, I'm doing no YouTube just to, just to test it out. Just call it. And this is 8.45 in the evening, dark outside. I'm like, right, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed. But before I go to sleep, I'm going to do 20 minutes of yoga. And then I'm going to read my book for a little bit. And I tell you the difference it has made has been way more than I realized it would. Massive. Because it's, it's, I'm hitting the sack properly asleep, asleep. Not like I'm going to bed at half nine, asleep by 10, 10, 15, whatever. But it's that thing of like actually in bed half an hour, 45 minutes earlier than normal, having not digested all that media. And it's like I'm waking up naturally in the morning before my six o'clock alarm. So that's fucking, it's been really, really nice, I have I, to say. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not a surprise, and I know that that's where the secret of it lies. Uh, weirdly, starting the show, I have to admit, I have to be real on this and human, uh, having done this show, because I was always not, never into social media. Uh, I didn't do face, did Facebook for, I think, six months when it first started and didn't like it then, and 
kind of, I, you know, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about some of the, because there's some good stuff as well. But since we did the show, obviously Instagram is a way of getting some of the messages out and what we're doing. But I've started scrolling Instagram and that is a vortex that you can be lost in that I was never previously involved with. And I see the danger in it. And, I, and this is me who is an adult who knows what it's doing and knows that it's pulling me in. So desperately trying to get back to that place here where I've turned my phone off actually at about half nine because I also get work, work stuff coming through and I try and sort of get that out. I think the surf YouTube stuff, I, I do a lot in my downtime as well. And not as much as I did a couple of years ago when I was really kind of ramping things up. But I do the same. You know, I watch one of the uh, Smith brothers essentially running through his day of cold water therapy, mindful, mindfulness, um, swimming, fasting. But he's doing it in this sort of, it looks like if you drew the perfect set of palm trees and blue water and he's all there, you know, it's very different to if you're in December in Scarborough, you know, if you're sitting on a towel on the beach and you're uh, under crackers before you go for a for a dip. <laughs> I hope you've trimmed your pubes if you're in the yeah, undercrackers. You'll need your pubes in Scarborough you if you're know. going for it. Uh, is, is, um, and that's, that, that's, that, that's it. And, and it sort of, it sucks you into this thing that's intensely attractive because it looks amazing, like you say. But what it's doing is it's stoking the embers of comparison. And as soon as you get too deep into the comparison vortex, you're on the hiding of nothing because then your mind comes back in and your mind is saying, you shouldn't be happy now because you'd only be happy if you were there. And like, uh, Will's kind of adaptation of the John Kabat Zinn quote said, wherever you surf, there you are. Wherever you are, wherever you, live there you are so that's what social and youtube in, in its unhealthy sense it, it sucks you out of that here and now like surfing is a time sort of vortex but a good one that's also a time vortex you can lose hours to to that kind of surf surfing youtube channels surfing social media there aren't the same mental physical or spiritual gains in doing that and there are in going and getting in the real sea oh completely dude i, I know when i'm in my like best place good place mindful yeah. place calm when I scroll through social media and I can digest a little bit, feel no envy mm. and just enjoy it for what it is and feel good for them. Yeah. It's that thing we discussed before, yeah. you know, Harvard University showed that, you know, the, the real measure of someone's level of happiness is actually how happy they can be for someone else's yes. happiness. That's an yeah. absolute measure of someone's yeah. own well-being. Now, where would that have come from? Well, it would have come from healthy habits and deep breathing and being mindful of the day and you know being nice to loved ones and having got a good sleep and doing your stretches and taking care of the body and, and eating slowly and mindfully i mean there's a lot of things that make up that that feel good state but let's say i go into that social media um and it is the evening one that i've related it to in, in a slightly more vulnerable state when i've overeaten foods i know i shouldn't overeat that's something i do sometimes or maybe I've kind of not been as mindful and caring and loving to my partner as I would want to be. And we've kind of had a couple of you know, arguments and bickering things. So there's a few bits that can lead to it, but you're in that slightly more vulnerable state. And, and I definitely notice it. I notice what social media does to me. It does this really weird thing where like, I want to be happy for other people, but because I'm not happy, it's sort of, there's a disparity there. And it, it sort of leaves me feeling a bit vulnerable and anxious, anxious actually. It's very, very strange. And it's all ego, obviously. But also at the same time, I think it's this thing where we say a lot, it's it's see if you can approach the whole media thing mindfully. Mm -hmm. And that's just enjoying it for what it is. It's not the real world. It, it's not what actually goes on. And I know it might look blue and it might look green and wonderful and it might look sexy and it might look perfect and six pack abs and it's this and it's all those things. It It, it looks like that. But you and I both know. We discussed this before, even the king himself, Kelly Slater, he's got shit to deal with. He's got shit sandwiches he's got to eat every single day. And we all have. And none of that gets posted. And that 
is where I hope what we discuss in this show is called, because we're honest. Yeah. And uh, yes, we get to surf shit all the time. It's epic. But it's not classic. It really isn't. I'm not, I do not want to paint this picture. We're getting barreled every week. We're not. We're surfing big old boards, uh, mushy little waves that a ton of surfers would look at and just be like, <laughs> It's not even any surf, and we're <laughs> and we're surfing in it. So it's not like do not get this idea. You know, yes, we get to surf a lot, but we, it's not classic, and the water is cold, and, and all these things. But we're very, very grateful for it. But you know, we're honest about what life is really like. You know, yes, surfing is a huge blessing, and what a release! It's stunning, just being present and the and nature and all these great things. And then you know, you come on land, and uh, you know. There's stuff to deal with. There's uncertainties. And it's funny, that uncertainty thing, because, you know, people go, oh, you know, my life, it's, it, it's, it's so uncertain at the moment. And I'm like, yeah, um, when was it certain? Um, uh, uh, like, I just want to, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound like a dick, because, you know, dare I tell you that you're wrong, that it's not uncertain. There's, the only certainty is uncertainty. <laughs> you can say that. It's true, man. It's true. Death and taxes. The only certainty in life. But really, it's about that kind of, yeah, sit in the moment, appreciate it, and um, celebrate, the hopefully, the life's well-lived. Well said. Do you want to tee up so uh, next week when what we've got? We, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, ne- ne- next week coming up. So this show, when you're listening to it, the f- next week will be Pris- our interview with Priscilla. Uh, Priscilla Guedes just kind of hanging out friend of the show now back in Europe from her adventures in Hawaii so um, a few bits to share within in that and just really to keep listening as I say please leave comments or uh, give us a follow on Instagram and you can also like us on iTunes absolutely and as I say give a review, a review. on iTunes too we, just, we, we really enjoyed that last one yes that we're not tree it's not all tree hugging and scented candles oh Love that because we wanted we want to wear mindfulness with a light heart and yeah. and and put out the, the balance which is that yeah. there is depth and we will go there but at the same time let's do it lightly let's yeah. let's uh, let's stay light surf hard and be nice to people very nice to people. love that see you um, next week guys thanks for listening.